Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a common phrase, David. It's like if this coffee's too strong, then we know what's in the coffee. You didn't catch I, yeah, that. Flew right, week. For whatever reason, well, because I, I was drink, drinking genuinely strong coffee. Like I double dosed my sure. caffeine so I could stay up. So that's where my head was. And then afterwards, like, oh, yeah, that makes much more sense. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty common phrase in the American lexicon <laughs> of, of <laughs> alcohol related phrases that if you didn't want to admit to drinking, you could just say, like, yeah, I got some pretty strong coffee over here. The strong coffee. Yeah. No, nope. I think not that speaks that kind more of strong coffee. <laughs> I think that speaks more to how little I drink, I guess. But... Or oh, coffee, I'm... because I only drink strong coffee. Like what week coffee are you drinking? Are you drinking light roast? Like let's mm. I don't know. Anyways, like, we don't have really to go get down in, let's like really get into the beans. What are we drinking? Technically, here? technically the lighter the, the roast, the stronger the but see the here's a weird mystery. To that. But not the flavor. Just Welcome to Bean Drinkers. It's a whole roast coffee podcast. Uh, <laughs> actually, if you found this, you're like, what did I stumble upon at 3 a.m. on the internet? What is this show? Why are these people talking about coffee? coffee We're supposed coffee. to be talking about movies. Actually, I want to find out if Jordan actually had time to check in with last week's show that she missed. I've been listening. I've been checking mm. in. You guys covered a lot. We talked about Maniac Cops. We talked about Robert Pattinson. We talked about yeah. all sorts of scopes of things. And yeah, no, I was I was listening. Of course I was listening. There was a moment where the jokes got too real. And like, if you see the video version of the episode, there's a moment where Dave is looking around like, somebody <laughs> throw me a lifeline. John's on a tangent. And I don't know where to interject, how to interject. Like, where is he going with this? Is the show going to get back on track? Like, what we is got happening? Real with yeah. the status of the podcast. And I'm so sorry I was not there <laughs> no, no, to help fine. save you. Yeah. But we yeah. started with, I want to know if Jordan has a retort. I kind of already know because I always like to look ahead. Like, she tweets like a maniac and like she already tweeted a joke about it. But we were teasing her at the start of the episode last week because she wasn't here. She was on the, she had a trip, whatever. And so, I mean, we made it our mission to tease you at the top of the hour. So I, I feel honored, honestly. Yeah. I feel honored. Yeah, I loved how, I mean, you guys have been testing me since I got started in November. Yeah. And like, you know what? Possession, still, you haven't gotten rid of me. I'm still here. Hmm. I'm showing still up every here. single week. Yeah. Yeah, because literally uh, what I said was, I think we broke Jordan. She's not here. We told her to watch Possession 1981. Now it's going to happen. I thought the funny part was that John was so worried about me not having the copy, huh, Dave? Oh yeah. And you had it. You had it to me back at Christmas time. So I've had it this whole Yeah, time. we were we were mailing DVDs back and forth during those previous holiday season, right when like FedEx trucks were dumping entire loads into ponds during their own nervous breakdowns with this trucking situation <laughs> that's going on in the United States. And so we don't know if the DVD got there. We were hoping the DVD got there. And uh it is hard to find uh, anywhere online, except for there are some burner copies, Dave. There's an internet DVD library or something, and they had they had it. They had the movie. Uh, I bet they did. Yeah, this is one that's kind of like, uh, although it is streaming officially on one site. It's called like Metrograph. It's a theater in New York. They have like the exclusive streaming rights, so find that out online. But otherwise, you got to yeah. go. I got mine on eBay. It's like an Australian release. So, that, like, I had to go all the way to Australia to get a copy of this movie, basically. Wow. All right. Was Are it worth it? Back? We'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out in literally 40 seconds. To be determined. Correct.
crack open a cold box of wine or pour something cold on ice because it's the Binge Watchers Podcast. See, we have a sound effect that cracks it open for us. We don't even have to crack open our own cans anymore on the microphone. That's pretty fancy, high-tech stereo stuff right there. Technology. <laughs> Tonight's movie, Possession 1981. A woman starts exhibiting increasingly disturbing behavior after asking her husband for a divorce. Suspicions of infidelity soon give way to something more sinister. But before we get really deep into the movie, I want to bring up something. We've partnered up again with Paramount Pictures to bring you some information about their new releases. So we're going to have new release movie information from them and some giveaways. So Panama, starring Mel Gibson and Cole Hauser, is now available on digital and on demand when the U.S. is on the brink of invading Panama. A former Marine played by Cole Hauser is hired by a CIA operative played by Mel Gibson for a top-secret arms trade mission. Gibson and Hauser make an unstoppable duo in this edge-of-your-seat action thriller. Fire Rent Panama today. Watch it today. Rated R from Paramount Pictures, of course. And also, our friends at Voodoo just dropped Spider-Man No Way Home early. You can get early access on their on-demand platform for all you Spider fans out there. It's available for St. Patrick's Day during their whole St. Patrick's Day sale, whatever. Grab our affiliate link, and you can go watch Spider-Man No Way Home and see if he actually gets home or not. I won't spoil it. I'll leave it, I'll leave it right there. And now, instead of talking about Maniac Cup Part 2, which we almost did, I almost sent this last minute like, <laughs> sorry guys, we're just going to finish the trilogy. We'll actually talk about Possession 1981, which is a weird movie. Um, yeah. Uh, let's talk about the themes. Let's talk about the themes in this movie, Dave. I'm sure you got a fact sheet for us. The facts. All right, let's bring, bring it hard because Jordan's missed it out for a week. So make sure you like, you know, <laughs> double, double duty. Okay. Although, Jordan, I did write on the notes, like, or is she going to bring the Savage stats? I don't know I, what's going to happen. I did see that. And this was a yeah. tough one. So, Dave, I'm, I'm glad you're here to back me up. Yeah. Um, So uh, the director, who I'm not going to try to pronounce because I've watched all the extras. Come on. on. You're a foreign traveler. You love foreigners. Go ahead. You said you went to Australia to get a copy of this movie. Yeah, but they speak English there at least. Wow. They like Maine stuff. Shout out to our listeners in Australia. Um, We were on their trips this week, actually. There you go. Uh, so, so the director of the film had actually had his previous film called uh, On the Silver Globe shut down by the Polish government. Uh, and then soon after, mm. his wife left him, and all of this led to him actually coming up with the idea and writing the script for Possession. To be uh, fair, that was when the country was under the occupation of the former Soviet Union, right? I do believe. Is that, was that government, the USSR, blah, 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 triple R, whatever they're called? That I am not sure. Well, I mean... The movie takes place, well, not in the U.S. Jordan, make a note that his fact sheet is incomplete. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The director actually had pitched this to Paramount as a film about a woman. She looks like he's making notes of your inadequacies right now. You say jump, I say how high. Okay, John, Jordan, I got to pitch a movie to you. Go ahead, Dave, pitch it to us. 
Well, it's about a woman who screws an octopus and uh Greenlit, ten million dollar budget, let's go. <laughs> that was a spoiler right there. Like, let's do that's real. a total spoiler, yeah. Oh exactly. well, I'm I'm sorry. Do you have any uh, poster yeah. art to back it up? Uh not on me, man. <laughs> oh, dang. Again, again, second time. Uh, so for the, uh, sorry, spoiler alert, but yeah. for the infamous subway scene, I'll say no more. Mm. Uh, but for the subway scene, uh, Isabella Anjiani and excuse me, Adjami was mm. instructed to screw the air. That was basically all she was told to do. And she did a lot with that. <laughs> um, what a hard note to take. The director walks over a second take, screw the air, but a little more intense third take. Could you really make us feel it? Because I don't really believe that you're having sex with the invisible air. <laughs> you 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 take a note like that and work it, John. I'm sure. Taking so many notes like that in film school—that's a different podcast. <laughs> uh, wow. Uh, so the special effects. You artist... to get through this list, David. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> Special effects artist Carlo uh, Rambaldi had to essentially create the monster for the film overnight. Um, he had just worked on Close Encounters of the Third Kind for Spielberg and got kind of used to a, lo- a longer schedule. Uh, when he showed up, he asked the director when they were going to be shooting the monster, and he was told tomorrow. So basically, he had to like work really fast with the crew overnight and took what they used uh, called pink condoms to create the monster in the film. So that was pretty mm-hmm. much a rush job overnight to get that done. Still pretty effective, actually. Yeah, considering scary as heck. So <laughs> I think Jordan's already talking about her favorite bits. Oh, uh, so this movie was actually cut down like crazy in the U.S. It was chopped chopped by like forty five minutes and was uh, incorrectly marketed as a horror film, which the director does not feel this is. Um, I after watching it this time, I don't think it is either. So I guess we'll get into that next. Uh, hmm. What bit? genre is it then? Huh? Let's get into it right now. This is this is an <laughs> this is a marriage drama with a monster. I will give you that. A marriage <laughs> drama with a monster. That's that's how I look at it. Watching it this time, John. This is like that movie with um... talking about a. Scarlett Johansson and then yes. whatever his name is, but with like an actual Adam Driver. octopus in the middle of the whole. Mm. Okay, okay. That's what a marriage wrong. story needed was more octopus creatures. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Just like an octopus demon in the middle of the bed. I marriage story it. almost made our our last month lineup, actually. Ooh, that that would be a good bad romance movie. That'd Folks, if you didn't tune in last month, we did bad romance movies, and Marriage Story was almost selected. This this could have fit into that category too, but it's yeah, except it has a monster. I, I guess you would call this one if you're not going to s- declare it as a horror movie. I mean, it is. So yeah, I would agree. So, like so, so, you could call it a psychological thriller, but to me, it's a monster movie. So I, again, I, I watched it watching it this time, and with kind of that in mind, I'm like, there's really, I mean, when you consider how much you see that mon- the monster to like relationship drama ratio leans it more into relationship drama for me with a monster. <laughs> so that's kind of where I'm at. Hmm. Valid okay. points. Okay. When I saw it the first time, when it was only like one third formed, because the, the movie folks shows you like stages of the monster growing, it first looks like a it looks like black mold on the door of her apartment. And I'm like, the reason her, she was starting to have these little psychotic breaks was like, I thought maybe she was like, uh, absorbing like all this 
you know, she was breathing in all this toxicity. You know what I'm saying? And it was driving her nuts. I was like, that was a legitimate reason. Like the monster's giving out you these monster pheromones and it's screwing with your brain. That makes sense. But then it started to grow. And as it develops, it turns into a spoiler alert. It's she's growing another person. She's growing like a doppelganger of her husband. Whatever. Oh, man. Which doesn't really make it. It's, this is really hard because, okay. The trigger for the movie is literally a miscarriage that happens in a subway. But then it's like really exaggerated because the stuff that comes out of her is, is like demonic stuff. And it's not like regular bodily fluids. It's like soap. It looks like soap. And like green like food going through the and- car wash, but like <laughs> she's had a subway tunnel, but she's experiencing the car wash. You're absolutely right. And so then, and then it's eyes, and then it's growing. Yeah. She's having sex with it, and so I'm like, wait, but she's like biologically related to the thing that she's screwing, and then like then it grows into a doppelganger of the husband, and you're like, where? Like, okay, so try to put this on like a t- like a a linear path of what's happening, or the movie's really just a metaphor. Like none of that stuff is real. And like, it's all just a representation of the feelings. And I'm like, damn. I, I'm leaning toward the your the latter of what you just yeah. said. I, th- I don't think I think the monster. I mean, yeah, it, it is a. Mo- I mean, by definition, it's a monster movie. There's a monster. I can't deny. There's not a monster. Like, it, like it's not really there. The husband and the wife both had a psychological break, and like they're responsible for everything. There's right, no but monster. I mean, the monster is <laughs> almost irrelevant at the end of the day. I mean, this is a movie about like the breakup of a relationship. I mean, it's. <laughs> That's oh, you know, what I know it's real because the son is well. The son acknowledges it, like it's separate from the dad. So at the very the, end, whole yeah. Whole, so then like, the monster is really there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, so I that, don't know. I kind of feel that way too. Like it's like the like both like he's trying to make their marriage work too, and he's also coming to a psychotic break. So like you're kind of watching the combination of them just like completely lose their mind, and then it like mm-hmm. actually forms this somewhat demon looking like <laughs> creature that looks just like him. I don't know. It was, it had me tripping. Like I had watched it way too late. I think it started it at like 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> I was like, I cannot right. go to sleep. Here's some trivia. I watch horror movies in the afternoon. I don't watch them at nighttime. Yeah. That's oh, smart. Really? Yeah. I had like the worst dreams going to sleep and trying to go to work the next day. This is uh, this time watching it. Um, I don't know. Maybe the maybe I'm a little older now that I've watched it. Have a, you know been married a bit longer, so maybe that's where my head is at, or you know, in my personal life. But like that's what I reacted to more this time than the because I, I guess I've already having already seen it. I'd seen it at least once before you two guys. So so, um, so what are you saying? You've matured past the point of slicing your own arm open with a, a meat cutter. Oh so no! I've, I've had we've all had those fights with the, our loved ones where we feel like doing that. With, I get that. <laughs> with the electric <laughs> carving knife, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man. Which I guess we should talk about favorite bits because we've told everybody everything so far about this movie, with, with okay. the exception of a few parts. I can kick it off. I mean, Dave has already brought it up. There's a super famous scene of her in the subway tunnel. And, like, I thought it was going to end at some point. But, like, no. It just (laughs) kept going. And it was terrifying. It, like, shook me to my core. I'm like, she is losing it right now. And then all of a sudden, she, like, gives birth to this, like, green sludge bloody like miscarriage mess that's also coming out of her eye sockets it was very visual and she she sold it like she sold it i i believe that she's actually losing it in that subway tunnel 
And uh, I, I'm not going to spoil alert the end, but I just was like, where did this go? Bob, mm. Bobby, what's what's the little boy's name? Like he just. Yeah, he had an unusually American name. His name is Bob. <laughs> I just could not believe that that's how it ended. Right. Mm. Um, but yeah. Oh, man, this this movie had me thinking all night long. I just like could not go to sleep after that. Like I went to sleep, but my mind never actually shut off. So, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that that's actually one of my favorite bits, too. That's this movie is infamous for people who haven't even seen the whole movie. I mean, the whole movie's pretty out there and wild. But like anybody who's seen it always remembers the subway scene. And I mean, she's throwing milk everywhere. <laughs> she the like milk. she is throwing, like th- talk about throwing yourself into a role. She literally did that. Um, and she she kind of gets, uh, you know, um, a few other of my favorite bits will involve, you know, Sam Neill, like she gets all the press for like how far she goes and how over the top she goes. But like Sam Neill kind of meets her toe to toe. He doesn't throw milk around, but like he goes equally insane. Um, if that's fair to say. Um, and he's never like watching it. He never stops moving. If he's in a rocking chair, he's rocking back and forth or like he has right. to like, if uh, he's almost like somebody with like really strong ADHD, he's constantly in motion. And so it's kind of the camera. Like this well, movie they, doesn't uh, stop. That's the cool thing. The husband and wife have different issues completely. Yeah. Or when he so, puts Heinrich's head in the toilet, I'm like, okay, he finally <laughs> turns and just literally sends this guy to the grave. I just thought that was crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, it feels like they're one-upping each other and like how far and over the top. I mean, okay, uh, she cuts himself, he cuts himself. <laughs> or, you know, like they, they just keep one-upping each other, their performances. Um, the camera never stops moving. Um you know, I I don't know. I really like this movie this time um, watching it. I mean, now now I've got past the what the fuck what the fudgery about it. Um, I'm just focusing on all the smaller details, like the performances. It's I don't know. I, this this movie grows on you with more viewings. I mean, it is a weird movie though, for sure. Uh, what about you, John? Um, so okay. I mean, I I could have a few favorite bits, but I can tell you my worst bit. Is when the son is left home for like two weeks in the apartment by both parents and he's sitting yeah. there like he's got food all over himself and he's just like, I don't <laughs> he has the reaction of like being like caught in the headlights, but then also he's clearly like traumatized. He's just sitting there and like both oh. his parents have vanished for like two weeks because they're working out their domestic problems with like a ballet dancer. I don't know. The guy that the wife is cheating on the husband with is like so like mercurial, right? Like he's like Mercury, like he just <laughs> moves and floats around. Um, but I liked, look, I liked the monster stuff. I could, I could, I've seen a lot of dark dramas and like, what's weird is like, if you're going through a dark place in your life, you don't want to watch dark stuff. So the monster stuff is like reassuring. Like, okay, yeah, there's dead people in a refrigerator. There's a monster in the the back bedroom. It just ate this, these two private detectives. Okay. This is something we can deal with. Everything else is like way too much emotional overload. But my favorite bit is actually the fact that the dad just comes back from being like, working a government surveillance job or something for like three or four years. That's why I feel like, well, obviously it's during some kind of occupation because there's a, there's a wall, right. With soldiers on mm-hmm. it that are watching well, the whole city. So that is the time. Berlin wall though. That, that's- well, that's what I'm saying. So this is during the occupation. So this yeah. is like the eighties or whatever. Right. So it's like, uh, I mean, it's like the local government has hired him to spy on somebody in their own community. And then at the end of the movie, there's a police chase scene where they think the husband is their murderer. And so they're chasing him through the whole movie. And, um, Gosh, you know what? I think at one point he does become he does kill the other boyfriend. 
but he doesn't commit all the murders, right? <laughs> like the wife is mostly responsible for most kills, of the murders. He kills the investigator. He kills one yeah. of the guys from the investigator. So, and then there's like a police shootout in the street, and he's trying to escape on a motorcycle. Where am I going with this? Oh, they're chasing him into this building after he wrecks the motorcycle, and the, the police have caught up to him, but then the government agent shows up. And in the beginning of the movie, they're like, so you followed your subject, blah, 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 blah. Do you want to continue this work? No, I don't want to continue. I want to go home to my family. Um, and then one of the government officials asks, because they give him like this debriefing interview. And uh, the movie has an unusual amount of camera movement for this yeah. type of movie. Like the camera moves around a lot, like on Steadicam or something. So it's moving around this table and then recording his interview, like official government record of like spying on somebody. Like that's little. I mean, that's the only thing I can drive is he was hired to spy on somebody. And then we don't know it's a government official. So like the end, like if you catch it, they go, because they ask about a subject in the beginning, they go, does he still wear the pink socks? Right. Then yep, right before. The, yeah. Right before the police chase scene, his ally at the government asked him like, well, you know, do you want to cut out all this crazy nonsense and just like get another job with us? Because we have more work for you to do. And then the same dude shows up at the end. He's climbing the stairwell. He's got the pink socks. Mm -hmm. I'm like, wow. So they literally hired him to spy on a government official who was in the room with them to see if the guy was on, a, on the level, I guess, to, to part to like, I'm like, wow. So then I thought like, is that the real stuff? Like they, the government employs these other government officials to spy on each other and they submit reports all day long. Like, dang. Like Dave, we know how strong your coffee is. We got a whole, <laughs> we got 300 pages on how strong your coffee is, brother. <laughs> you know, like, does he still wear the pink socks? Yeah. David wears so many pink socks. Also pajamas. He's got a pajama for every cartoon he wants from the ages of 8 to 12. And he's wearing them in his 30s. We, we like, yeah, I mean, you're not that far off, actually. Pages. <laughs> I know I'm not that far off. That's why I was sliding in some real jokes there, buddy. I got Kool-Aid. That's a long way to explain my favorite <laughs> bit. It's just a pair of pink socks. But what are you going to do? Uh, Jordan, you want to rate this problem? movie? I was going to say, do you have a problem with pink pajamas right now, John? <clears throat> no way i got like those 80s 1980s like pink polo hawaiian shirts ready to kick it on miami beach pink's a powerful color because you think it's actually they did these studies on colors if you dress all your soldiers in pink the other army will get so disoriented that you have the you'll have the first attack advantage because pink is like this disorienting and calming color at the same time huh. right so <laughs> if you show up in pink they're like they don't want to fight they want to party it's miami beach Bang, bang, bang. Oh, they won. They won the battle. Jeez, what happened? I don't know, sir. They showed up in pink shirts. We didn't know what to do. Started making cocktails. Dropped our guns. <laughs> Rating. Um, I would say binge now. It was definitely a, it was a, it was a ride. It was worth it. Mm. It was definitely a ride. I would watch it again for sure with someone who's never seen it. So couldn't you now? This this is very much a binge now for me too. This is very much a oh you want to see something weird? I got something, and that's exactly why I sent it to all yeah. of you guys. Now I've infected you with this. <laughs> no, infected, it's, a binge it's like the perfect word. Like I feel infected. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I take that, that test. <laughs> you know what? I take that back. Earlier, I said this is like marriage story with a monster. It's actually more like Blue Valentine. Just a lot of screaming and monster. Mm. John, what do you think? Honestly, I was a little disappointed because I was promised such outrageous sex that they banned it in the UK. I didn't think the sex was that outrageous, honestly. It was with the air, John. It was it was a video <laughs> nasty. It was more for the violence. <laughs> oh man. Jeez. There's a, a movie where a girl gets assaulted by a ghost, Jordan. And it's like a famous movie. Again, same oh. thing. 
Pretend that the air is making love to you. Okay, like whatever that means. All right. Um, I actually have that on my shelf. Already. <laughs> uh, oh, so I guess a binge later. You know, this was really hype for me. Like the movie's not available for like thirty years. I I do like the fact that you get to see Sam Neill in a younger role because I'd only seen him in like Jurassic Park, yeah. a show about Merlin where he plays Merlin, a couple other movies like Mouth of Madness. I think this is the name of the H.P. Lovecraft movie where it's like a. Uh, a writer that's going crazy and there's like demons. Um, so it was cool. I haven't seen him like act like in his mid twenties, early thirties, whatever age range, what that broad, but he's definitely younger than I've seen him in any other movie. So that was cool. But yeah, it's a big BL for me, man. Ben Slater. A big BL. Yeah, a big BL. <laughs> a BM. We'll get, we'll get a BM in here. Uh, uh, fan service. Oh, there was a funny comment on YouTube. We had just posted, uh, was, is it on the Maniac Cop one? Maybe it's on the, it's either on the Fresh or the Maniac Cop one. I don't remember. But the guy said, nice blanket fort, John. I thought that's actually pretty funny. So I have an office studio type deal where I made like a sound box to make myself sound better on the microphone so I don't echo too much. But it, yeah, literally, it's sound blankets on like three of these walls. And I guess <laughs> they look too much like a fort last week. And I'm like, what's wrong? Blanket fort, that's cool. I'm cool with that. That's fine. Uh Whatever works. Um, it's maybe a little bit trailer park, but you know that's my that's my claim to fame, man. You know what I'm saying? Like either you fix it with duct tape or you build a, a blanket for it. No problem. I love it. Uh, oh, but also fans, you can get a copy of this Panama movie if you give us a five star there on iTunes. Even though I was, I was like making a lot of jokes about iTunes last week, you give us a five star over there, or go to Podchaser, which is the alternative. You can also review us on Podchaser if you don't like iTunes. Um, hook us up with a good review. We'll give you a free movie. That's the exchange. The exchange of services, pals. That's how it works. Um, staff picks. If you watched something else this week besides the movie of the week, what did you watch? What can you recommend to the audience? We'll go back to Jordan for that one. Um, kind of like a psycho thriller. It is a Netflix. It's not a movie, but uh, Pieces of Her. Super, super, super good. It's a, it's a series, maybe about six episodes. Um, I don't want to spoil too much, but it's about, uh, this mother who, God, how do I word this? So she protects her daughter from a, like an active shooter, right? But it unravels her entire life story from there about like how her and her daughter got there to be, and she's essentially running away from this fugitive that never gets caught but i don't want to go into too much detail i thought it was ex excellent i binged the whole thing in one sitting so it was like six hours of watching tv oh. um but yeah yeah watch it it's good is that the one with tony collette oh god i'll have to look it up just From to confirm while you're telling us <laughs> your staff picks <laughs> that's I didn't okay like I, I, oh she did she did can't look it up anymore oh, that's, that's okay yeah. um all right. Well, uh, I actually so uh, on that Jordan report. Let's just monitor this down. She associates her phone as female. All right. <laughs> yeah, it is. It it's is a lady because right she's broken yeah. and she's cracked and she's a mess. <laughs> oh man. Uh, well, I, I I'm gonna give you a couple of lighter things to watch <laughs> after possession. After all the, the mm. turmoil of watching this terrible like marriage breakup um i watched uh in, for the first time in like 25 years or so i decided screw it and threw on sister act on disney plus <laughs> i forgot how good nice. that movie is whoopi goldberg a bunch of nuns yeah. singing. 
Yeah, uh, she's a musician that has to hide out from some mobsters, right? Yeah. But she does it in a coven, Coventry, or what do they call them? They uh, uh, covenant, a uh, covenant, yeah. Or, I almost said coven, like witches. Convent, and convent. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I'm mixing up witches yeah. with so uh, anyway, nuns. <laughs> so, so yeah, she hangs out with the nuns, and then like they have a choir, and That's they want to compete, and she turns out to be a good singer, and it all works, right? It's like yeah, Wait. it's like bad news bears with singing nuns yeah. and turning them. Is good. she in witness protection? She is. Yeah. Cough, cough. The one that I just mentioned. There's a theme there. But yeah, you're oh. right. Tony Collette. So just saying, watch it. The doctor and the mom also get into a choir with some nuns in that one, Dave. There's a lot of singing. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, so another one I can recommend if you want something that's not uh, make you want to slit your wrist after. Um, the new Disney Pixar movie, Turning Red, is really probably the best Pixar movie they've done in a long time. And it's all about a girl and getting pu- going through puberty. Cute. Yes. Disney Pixar finally made an entire movie about puberty and things that come with that. <laughs> it's like but, turning into a giant red panda. panda. Yeah. I mean, my, my wife, I watched it with her and she's like, Oh God, why do they have to name it that? Like she, you know, it, Hey Jordan, so the first time that you turned into a giant hairy creature in junior high, how did you feel? Um, I wasn't in junior high, and I was a sophomore in high school, so I oh. was a late bloomer. Uh, so you're welcome. Sounds like a Judy Bloom novel, actually. I mean, kind of. I mean, but this is—I'm really kind of. Once you get past the idea that it's about you know puberty, uh, it's just a really good Pixar movie, like any other. Uh, probably the best one I've seen in a while. Um, way better than Soul and. Although I like Luca too, but are we going to uh, do a puberty month and watch all mm. things that have to do with puberty? I'm kidding. Let's do that. It's all right. I mean, I guess like, she oh, really oh. wants to, John. I mean, we can clear the schedule. <laughs> please don't. Please don't. <laughs> Watching Big Mouth in like ten fifteen is. Like, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of dirty sex comedies about puberty uh, from the 1980s that uh, cross every. Of- they cross every line imaginable, Jordan. I've created a monster. Let's not do that. Oh man! Oh, I would. I let's just binge Big Mouth for the next few episodes. No, the creators of Big Mouth have a new cartoon called Human Resources, Human Resources. about grownups yeah. going through some BS. That's coming out soon. Yeah, comes that shoot. That That's not my staff pick right? though. That might be my staff pick next week. You never know. Well, we'll see. We'll see. All right, John. What's your staff pick? What do I? Watch? I watched the Adam Project, which is the time travel movie that we mentioned the other week with um, Ryan Reynolds, who. Goes back in time, accidentally crosses paths with his 12-year-old self. They go on a mission to save their dad, who's like, I know I'm going to die, but don't break the rules of time travel. You got to let me die. They're like, no, dad, we can't do that. Um, I love the 80s themes. There's a movie called Masters of the Universe, which is like a live-action He-Man movie. And the villains on that flew around on these gliders. So they have a reference of this. They have the guys in their armored suits in this new movie flying around like they're in that movie. There's references to like four other 1980s, 90s uh, science fiction movies, like Flight of the Navigator is one. They reference the, there's these things called like speeder bikes, which are like flying motorcycles in Star Wars. And in Return of the Jedi, there's a big sequence where they're flying through trees. So it kind of references that too at one point. Um, but you know, the movie's like a four. If you're doing like a 10 scale or if we do, if we do our scale, man, you know what? Read it's it. probably a B. It's probably a BN. It's probably a binge never because it's a good movie. <laughs> like, like, besides the references and the Mark Ruffalo cameo playing the dad who's like, "Don't break the rules of time travel to save my life, guys." It's really kind of. I mean, once I saw that it's from you know uh, the Free Guy director, and I was like, nah, "I'm out." I mean, Free Guy wasn't a bad movie, but it was just excessively mediocre. <laughs> 
So that's kind of what I sniffed. See, what's happening thing. with both Ryan Reynolds and The Rock is like now that it's like it's Ryan Reynolds being Ryan Reynolds in a Ryan Reynolds movie. It's The Rock being The Rock in a Rock movie. So they're at the point where they're kind of selling themselves, but they're stumbling over their own selves. You know what I mean? It, they're not. It's not a stretch anymore. It's not like a real stretch. So it's going to be like we want to make a movie like Deadpool, but not Deadpool. Let's just get Deadpool in a different movie. And there's your Ryan Reynolds movie, right? So what are you going to do? I don't know. It's like Adam Sandler, but he started out his career saying, I'm only Adam Sandler. I can't do anything else. So put me in an Adam Sandler's movie. And then, and then sometimes he accidentally has a dramatic movie that he doesn't seem like Adam Sandler. It doesn't always work, but sometimes it works. Um, okay. I came up with a fun game for next week because, because we had to move this thing around because of Jordan, you know, over here with her schedule, she's too cool for school. She can't be bothered. We had to throw these movies in (laughs) like there's four Mondays, right? So we got to move stuff around now because we do four movies a month. Unless the month is longer, we do five. So we we threw in Maniac Cop where Possession was supposed to go. And we're supposed to slide into this other movie um, called like Always Shine. But then I'm like, ah, but then if we do that, we're done with our Madness Month. But we also have The Mountain. And then, you know, I'm still chomping at the bit talking about Ravenous with David behind the scenes. So. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to pitch these movies to you guys, and you're going to vote, and we're going to see where we land for the finale of our Madness Month, okay? So here we go. Okay. Based on some truth in the 1800s, a cannibal attacks this group of soldiers, all right? So there's that. It's based on some actual legends. There's a movie where an actress is obsessed with her slightly more successful actress friend, like, she has all the bad luck, and the other girl has all the good luck, but they're virtually running parallels with their careers, making the same choices. And so she starts to go a little bit nutty because she doesn't see her choices getting her the same success as the friend. Then the mountain is, like, very true. In, like, the 50s, they paid these doctors to go around and lobotomize people, like, legit. So this is about his assistant, and they go around the country, and they're lobotomizing, and... There we go. <laughs> it's got Jeff Goldblum. Uh, so, do you want to do historically slightly accurate cannibal mythological movie called Ravenous? Do we want to do the actress obsessed and losing her mind over the other actress called Always Shine, which has Mackenzie Davis? It's a good. I, I vouch for all, all three movies. I'll put I'll put it out there. There's that Always Shine, or The Mountain, which is about the real doctors that went around and lobotomized. Regular people, mostly, in the 50s and 60s or whatever. And made a whole medical science around, we got to knock out a piece of their brain, bam! With a little ice hammer. Dave, Dave I you think can... we, should, we should say one, two, or three on the count of three. Oh, okay, so the cannibal was one, the actress being obsessed is number two, and the mountain is number three. And then, you want me to count a one, down? A one, two, three, go. And then you guys will tell me which one you pick? Yeah, and then we'll just have to figure it out from there. Okay. okay. One... Two, three. One. One. Holy crap. Okay. Okay, we're watching a drama about cannibals, uh, which incorporates um, legends, and it takes place during the 1800s. It's called Ravenous. Um, it's set during, like, the American and Indian War, French Wars and stuff. Like, we're talking, like, fur trader days. Oh, I thought it was, like, the end of the Civil War, but... Uh, no, no, wrong war. Wrong war. And it was frontier times. Yeah. Okay. Wow. 
I thought we were going to go a completely different way. I'm really I mean, surprised. they all sounded good. Honestly, the one, until you said Jeff Second Goldblum, I was three. like, I didn't want. Three the sounds mountain, good. But uh, listen, just... I've only watched The Mountain once. I can't watch it a second time. I was willing to watch it a second time for the podcast. But it's literally a movie that I think you can only watch one time. Well, I'm going to watch it anyways. But. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Good stuff. Okay, so next week we'll be back with uh, a review of The Ravenous. Cool. Cool stuff. Um, Dave, you look lost in thought. What is that? No, I'm, I'm laughing because you just said you, you made me, you triggered a conversation I had with my wife about how as you get older, you add the to things that don't need the. Like you just said the ravenous and it's ravenous. So I'm just thinking. Oh, I've been doing that since like the old school days. Well, I was added the. But you know what's funny about that? Counterpoint. Our show is called Binge Watchers Podcast. A lot of people put the in front of the name of our podcast. And I'm like, there's no fucking the. Oh, wait, what if bomb? Oh, no. So well behaved. So well behaved the entire episode. Man. Well, I didn't make fun of iTunes or Spotify this week. Or Google. So I think maybe we'll be all right. I almost slipped in an F-bomb there. I caught myself early. Oh, yeah, bite your you tongue. Say? I think I turned it into Something like the fudge. fudge. Okay, I'm going to play the end song before somebody else swears. All right, here we go. <gasps> Jordan, I tried really hard to behave myself like the whole episode. You did pretty good up until the very end. Yeah, you were because so David cool. had to open a can of worms with the. Let's talk about I the, the and otherwise. Well, it's still PG thirteen. You're allowed one f bomb in PG thirteen. I think so. I saved all my f bombs since November and then let them rip for fresh. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it was, was like movie. <laughs> just like <laughs> held on to all my f bombs and then yeah, that was it. And that's what happens. You just bottle it up, and then it comes out on a podcast. That's how it works. Which is so funny, because I typically curse like a sailor, and I just don't on this show. It's going to be Dave. Dave's going to crack next week, because he's going to come back from an out-of-town trip, and he's going to be like, guys, that's it. Oh, yeah. Are you casting on 